News on RTHK. The Chief Executive Phone-In with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. Call us now on 233-88-266. Good morning, welcome to the programme. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Over the next hour, it's your chance to question the Chief Executive T.Y. Lung on the policy address that he delivered on Wednesday. If you want to talk directly to Mr Lung, just give us a call on 233-88-266, the number 233-88-266. Or if you can't get to a phone, you can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, but we will give priority to the phone calls. That number, once again, 233-88266. We're broadcasting today on RTHK Radio 3, on DAB 33, on RTHK TV 31, and we're webcasting, so there's no escaping us. <laughs> Over the next hour, Mr Lung will be listening to your comments and questions on his fifth and final policy address. There was no sign in that long speech of slacking off in the last five months of the administration, with promises on the MPF offset on enhancing the old age living allowance, a $20 billion boost for sport, more cooperation through SEPA and with the Belt and Road Initiative, as well as questions raised over development in the country parks. It's been characterised as more policies, less politics. Do you think that's fair and is that a good or a bad thing? Let us, and more importantly, see why Lung know by calling us on 233-88266. Danny. Good morning, Mr Lung. Thank you for uh, joining us again. Um, so, to, to start, what, what, what do you make of the reaction to um, this policy address? I mean, it appears to be one of your more popular policy addresses. I think the um, opinion poll rating is up 10% over <laughs> last year. No, nobody's complaining it, it's too short. If anything, some maybe one or two grumblings, it's a bit long. I, I, I try not to read too much into um, uh, ratings, um, whether the rating is up or, or, or down. Uh, just do the, uh, the right and necessary, necessary uh, things for the Hong Kong people, short, medium and long term. But you've only got sort of five, five months or so left yeah. in your term of office. Um, do, do you think it's appropriate to talk about policies that go beyond your term of office? And well, due to bound to. Um, we shouldn't wait. Uh, we can't afford to lose more time. Uh, we have been losing time, quite a bit of time. Uh, we are losing speed. Not good for Hong Kong. Particularly on things such as um, developing the economy, um, building more housing units, and, 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 and so on. Um, for various reasons, um, the speed is not as good as we want to. Let me just raise um, one example. Not really complaining, but I, I think um, society should understand as well. Um, PWSC, the Public Works Subcommittee of the Finance Committee of the Legislative Council, so far, since the talk office or electrical talk office um, on the 1st of October last year has not approved one funding application. Uh, we know how important public works are to Hong Kong, whether infrastructure or housing or others, school buildings, for example. And these are on the, on the, on the agenda for the um, subcommittee. And the first one uh, on, the, uh, on their agenda, which has taken too long, is a public rental housing estate in Taipo. Um, so I, I can't really force the hands of uh, LegCo, um at all uh, to pass our funding applications uh, or to do uh, other things that government want um, uh, LegCo's help on. But I can do my part. Um, Some people, of course, would say it's, you, it's your judicial reviews which are disrupting the uh, proper motions of the Legislative Council. Uh, not my judicial review. Um, 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're talking about. There is a, I, I was talking about judicial reviews of uh, government's uh, housing and, constru- and other no, construction no, plans. No, 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 no. There was that of, of, of individual no, legislators. Of individual legislators. Uh, which um, are initiated by a the lot chief of executive, members, aren't they? No, there, 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 there were a lot of detailed questions. And the, the, the one thing that's stopping us from going ahead with this uh, typo public rental housing estate is the fact that some members have been questioning uh, about the absence of a market in the estate and they want to have a market at the same time as or even before uh, the construction of this public housing estate. I, th- I think the point is that um, if the chief executive is trying to kick legislators out, it's hard for the legislators to get on with their normal business. No. Well, we, have a, we have a duty, we have a constitutional and legal duty to make sure that the laws are followed. Um, you are talking about our application to court regarding the oath-taking of the couple of um, uh, legislative members. But filibustering is important. It is getting uh, serious. Uh, it's an important factor in delaying us. And I think this is something that should be brought to, atten- to the attention of the community. Just very briefly on the oath-taking, are you finished with the review of um, which legislators um, that you might initiate action against now? You initiate action against first two, then four more. Do you rule out action against further legislators? Is the, that process over or you're still continuing? The, the Department of Justice uh, has said that and I have nothing to add. Um, the situation hasn't really changed since then. Okay, Th- those are in your name. Will they continue, um, those, those, those actions? They're in your name as an individual, aren't they? Um, when you are no longer good, chief executive. Good, good legal question. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope we'll be over and done with uh, by the time I uh, leave office. Good luck with that. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I mean, this is also a time, as you know, of course, to, to look back as well as, as well as looking forward and planning for the future and so on. And this is naturally a time at the end of your term of office when you'll look back at the last five years and maybe think about the good things and the bad things. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, what goes through your mind when you look at the highs and lows of your, of your term? What do you think? It was, what went well? What went not so well? Uh, as I said, speed is, is, is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when... <laughs> When you mentioned the word judicial review, I was, I was thinking about uh, the judicial reviews of, of uh, our online solving plans, of which we have had quite a few. And it's a long process. Uh, we're sort of waiting for uh, a year or sometimes more, uh, never certain about results. And uh, <clears throat> all things are down um, during that time. Um, and um, I'm somewhat impatient. Um, and I wish we could have released more land, we could um, uh, have built uh, faster. Um, so uh, if like, these are the disappointments. And the achievements, what, what do you think you're proudest of in your term? Again, housing is very, mm. it's uppermost on the minds of the people. Um, time, again, time and again, when we uh, poll, I mean, we do regular polls, uh, serious ones, um, so detailed questions and so on. Uh, whether it was during the time when um, Central was occupied or when we had debates over um, <clears throat> national education, uh, the, the thing that's uppermost in the mind of the people was housing, has been, very consistently. Uh, 70% of people polled uh, have been telling us that the one problem they find most serious and the government should tackle is housing. Shortage of housing, high rents, high uh, uh, property prices. Um, and 55% again consistently of the people who um, do not like this government feel that we have let them down on housing. Now, both understandably. 
Um, but now, if you if you look at um, what we have done in the last uh, five years, uh, the amount of land we we have sold on which the number of housing units could be built, I mean, in terms of housing units, doubles what was done uh, by previous government in their five years. And the number of uh, private housing uh, units that's in the pipeline that will be available for sale and then occupation in the next three, four years, which is the time taken to build these uh, high-rise buildings, is 43% up on the figure when I took office. Uh, and this is an all-time high since we started uh, collecting these figures 12 years ago. Uh, similarly, public housing units is about is more than one-third up. Now, the, the um, production cycle is not just construction. I use the word production because it's really construction plus planning before it the approval process and so on. It's very long in Hong Kong. You really sound like you think housing is the most important task for your success. Well, let, let, me, uh, let, let me cover other aspects. I'm sure there are other uh, aspects. I, I was just talking about results of polls, yeah. uh, pretty consistent results. We built high-rise buildings in Hong Kong, 30, 40 storeys, sometimes higher, uh, for uh, housing units. Um, and they take something like five years to complete. Now we have a lot in the pipeline. We have a lot in the pipeline, and these uh, units will come out in the next uh, years or start, they will start to come out uh, in the next year or so. Uh, But we need to um, look after the medium and long-term needs of the people. Now, going back to um, your your question, Danny, you talk to young people, whether university students, um, other young people, whether they're 20-year-old or 30-year-old, you talk to them, what's on your mind? Housing worries them. And we have no chance um, leaving university with a degree, working as a young executive, a young professional, when by the time we get married, let's say 30, 30 something, to have enough saving uh, to pay for the deposit. So the uh, next term government should focus on issues like housing, not, I mean, which you've pretty much said the last couple of years, not issues like political reform and so on, which have been tried and so on, but things, social mm. issues like housing are the big priority in Hong Kong. It, 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 it is a big issue whether you look at uh, um, polling results or you look at, uh, or you, you listen to the people when you talk to them. Um, constitutional reform or political reform are important. Uh, but what are the prospects of getting our pan-democratic friends and National People's Congress to agree um, on, the, on the same <clears throat> set of proposals? And what, what are the prospects of getting our pan-democratic friends to agree that the provision um, under the basic law is not civic nomination, but nomination by nomination committee, uh, for example? There's, you know, there's a question of kind of the, the approach and the, and the policies, isn't there? And it, do you ever feel that perhaps even what your pan-democratic friends, the policies that they were advocating on housing are actually very close to yours, increasing land supply and the property cooling <coughs> measures and so on, are very similar to what you're doing? And it's a question of approach that perhaps you didn't sell those uh, entirely successfully? Um, there, there were a fair bit of uh, misunderstanding as to how we should solve the problem Problem identified, no question, done. Solution: um, We said we, we said we uh, we should have more new towns and new development areas, and therefore you probably remember um, quite early on um, during this um, uh, the term of this government, uh, we proposed a number of new town and new development measures, including um, uh, northeast new territories. And people accused us of um, developing it uh, for the benefit of the wealthy in Shenzhen. 
uh, will be the back garden of the wealthy people in uh, in, in Shenzhen. And then we were also sidetracked uh, because there were uh, voices in, in Hong Kong, including those of legislators, uh, saying that we shouldn't touch the new territories. We should use the vacant land there. There were, in the words of one legislator, which is uh, who is no longer, uh, there are thousands of hectares of unused land in, in the urban area. It took months to explain to the community that this would include lanes, unused, uh, not usable um, area, not developable uh, uh, land, and, and so on and so forth. And now we are on to brownfield sites. Uh, yes, we are tackling brownfield sites, but just brownfield sites are not uh, uh, enough. We actually have a, have a paragraph uh, in the policy address telling the people that uh, in 30 years' time, we're still short by over 1,000 hectares. Even if we could do everything in the policy address that we um, set out to do, um, short, medium, and long term, including uh, using all the brownfield sites that we have identified and reclamation outside of Victoria Harbour, um, and so I think we, we, we need to seriously assess the situation. I know that solutions such as using the so-called vacant land in urban areas, using the vacant space in industrial buildings, of which there is very little, uh, are not solutions. And, and, and then people ask us to uh, tackle sort of vacant units um, in our housing stock. Our vacancy is very low. And so we identify a problem. Um, housing is, uh, is the key. You know, at least one of the keys. Um, it was to supply more housing. But then it's not the political approach. Um, but there wasn't the um, uh, common uh, and uh, accurate understanding of where the solution lies. The solution must lie in um, having large sites. Let me just finish. Having large sites having development areas and having new towns completed as fast as you can. When you build uh, div- uh, projects that could only offer you dozens or hundreds of units, these are not the, the solutions. We, not projects, we need projects that offer tens of thousands of units because we need 460,000 units in 10 years. If, if there wasn't that common <coughs> understanding, you know, why wasn't there common <coughs> understanding? Was it, uh, was it to do with the way your, your, your approach uh, or was it kind of just the nature of the job and the fundamental, almost impossibility of being a chief executive? A, a really, really difficult task now where it seems that Beijing is moving in one direction and many people in Hong Kong are moving in, in, in the opposite direction and you're kind of caught in the middle. Is that no, just that, the nature that, of the job? Yeah, um, the, again, going back to, to the housing, the housing land production, the planning uh, issues are pretty sort of complex uh, issues and, and sometimes they're professional issues. I can't rule out the, possib- the, um, the possibility of um, um, people, some people having sort of vested interests. But I think we're talking um, wider than housing here. We're, we're talking about um, the sort of uh, the, sen- <coughs> the sense amongst um, a section of Hong Kong young people particularly. We saw this on the streets and we saw in elections last year. I mean, what do you think about, do, do you think one country, two systems is weaker now than five years ago when you have 20% of Hong Kong voters <coughs> voting for candidates who basically reject our, our, our ties with China. Is that, is that something that worries you going forward? Um, uh, people have their own uh, preferences. They, they have um, uh, their, uh, different reasons for voting in um, people of different uh, political uh, convictions, inclinations into, into intellectual. Um, and um, 
there are situations that are particular to Hong Kong. There are situations that are common uh, among some people in uh, various countries, uh, jurisdictions in the world, including uh, Hong Kong. Um, but if you actually talk to a wide uh, spectrum of young people in Hong Kong, those working in the shops, those working in offices, those working in Kuntong, and those working in uh, uh, central Pujadu, and invite some, some of these uh, young people, including university students, for what are called night chats in government house. And you see that some pretty basic uh, issues, the studies, the education, the cost of education, the career prospects, uh, housing, are equally important issues, although they are not generally sort of widely reported in the media, and we shouldn't ignore them. So you think if you, sat, if you can satisfy these grassroots issues, the broader frustrations that are reflected in the um, political it arena it may start to disappear? It will definitely help. People somehow feel that the quality of life uh, has been going down the hill. And do you think any chief executive can do that? People say being chief executive is an impossible job. You're caught between two masters. Yeah. Well, we have, a, we have a unique job uh, within the one country between the two systems is the way that I, uh, I describe it. And um, you have to be accountable to the um, central government, of course, and you have to be accountable to the, to the Hong Kong people, of course. Um, and um, there are things that we could do within a high degree of autonomy, including housing, the economy, education, and so on and so forth. There are things that we can't do on our own, um, which uh, includes political reform. Okay. Our number is 233-88266. Uh, do get your calls in uh, early, please, if you want to put your questions now to the uh, Chief Executive, Si Wai uh, who is with us. Uh, uh, Facebook Live is, uh, is with us now, and uh, we're on RTHK TV uh, 32. Uh, we have a caller on the line now. First of all, it's Ling. Ling, good morning. Good morning, everybody, and good morning, our CEO, Sivalan. Ling, good morning. I'm calling this morning. I say two things. Um, I'm a class that is a family um, that cannot apply anything in the middle, and middle. And then um, I'm a graduate of Bachelor of Arts outside Hong Kong U. So with this background, I'm calling because two things to you, especially to you, not just you are CEO, to you. Because after your work, we may not reach you as I give you a can-do banner, as I can talk to you now. You create a history. You come from a family, you work hard, and then you do a professional academic, and then you become the head of Hong Kong. You create a history. I appreciate you very much and your family. We wish you happy and healthy, and you work for the well-being of human beings. This is important. Everybody on earth should work for good, no matter where you are. Please, please. And we appreciate you. And another thing, I can tell you two points. Men are fighting with each other. We create trading. We create a lot of jobs that squeezing people. For me, after, I have to back to work until 10 o'clock. Yesterday, I back to work, and then I awake this morning to call you to tell you no matter where you are think about doing good for beings this is the first thing because i don't like the economy we create now construction who do the construction a lot of people overnight 
and then the contractor, the developer, just pay money, the capitals, let's pay the money, and the other people do, and they do not get the money they worth. So construction you are creating is not helping people to get better life. Okay, and Ling. Another thing uh, is that yeah, did you I have a, is that, is that your question? Out. Sorry, Ling. Yeah. Uh, one, one more question. Sure, yeah. I want to all our MPF. Can you hear us? Can you ever help hear people want to opt out and opt in, return the right for us? Because our salary we we get every month, but we cannot decide we opt out or opt in in one program. This is ridiculous. Because that's chosen by the employers. Uh, yes. Present. Okay. The part is part of our salary. Sure. Yes. Let's put that point to to uh, Mr. Lang. Um, one of the things I stated in the in the policy address, which is. Um, uh, part of um, our approach to reforming uh, the retirement protection system is to improve on the MPF system so that there will be more freedom, more mobility uh, on the part of the um, uh, employees uh, to, to, uh, to choose what uh, scheme um, they want to be on. But you, you recognise there's a lot of dissatisfaction with the MPF in oh, Hong Kong, yes. as we're hearing from yes. our caller. Yes. And should more be done to overhaul it? Uh, yes, um, one of the things that um, that we need to do is to um, give people the, the, uh, the freedom freedom of choice, um, and um, the other thing is to uh, lower the costs of uh, administering uh, these schemes. Has MPF failed? Many people say that MPF has failed. It was it was the wrong choice. Um, people are losing money on MPF, and with the benefit of hindsight, we should never have gone down that path. No, it's not it's not perfect. Um, it was um, hard enough for the government uh, at that time uh, to launch it. And therefore, uh, in the eyes of the employers, they made this undertaking uh, to have um, this offsetting mechanism, uh, which I, in this year's policy address, uh, have uh, undertaken to uh, gradually abolish. You delayed a long time on that, didn't you? It's coming in your final policy address. It won't be implemented until after you've left office. Again, it's a matter of um, um, uh, the possible, um, what, you, what, you, what you could do, uh, what you could not do. Uh, this is the right time, I believe. I think we have enough uh, consensus, um, and it's the right scheme. It took a long time. Because um, it was part of your election manifesto, wasn't it? Yes. And you, you said in the policy address your election manifesto has basically been implemented. Yes. You didn't say fully implemented. I mean, when, what do you mean by basically implemented? Because there are clearly some parts of your election manifesto that you haven't actually implemented yet. We could go through it. We could go through them. Um, well, yes, of course. Um, it, it's, a, it's a big manifesto. So you can't expect to implement it all. Um, you just try your best. And some parts you do, some parts you don't. Um, political reform, clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, housing, uh, clearly, uh, we lost speed. Um, so I use the word basically um, because it's a, it was a big uh, manifesto and um, there were a large number of um, uh, pledges uh, on my part. But uh, largely, uh, we have um, either completed uh, the initiatives or we, uh, we started on Largely, complex ones. just to clarify, you, you're not saying the election manifesto has been fully implemented. You're saying no, I didn't use those, yeah. those words, no. Okay, and number once again, 233 We've got a, another caller uh, on the line now. Andy, Andy, good morning to you. Yeah, hi, good morning, uh, Chief Executive. Andy, good In morning. your policy address at the end of it, you've said 
Uh, Hong Kong is an in, inalienable part of our country. There is no room whatsoever for Hong Kong to become independent or separate from the motherland in any manner. But um, I, I'd just like to point out, I think this is, it, I'm not in favour of independence, but it's nonsense what you've said, because Hong Kong is separate from the motherland. That is a fact, and that is a fact in the Sino-British Joint Declaration and in the basic law. It's, it's separate for 50 years. And you, you secondly, um, you went on to talk about your government will continue to implement Hong Kong's core values, including human rights, liberty, democracy, rule of law and integrity. And I'd like to say I don't think that's a realistic statement, given your track record over the last five years. I don't think you've done anything to advance democracy. Um, you're now seeking to throw out four more legislative councillors out of the LegCo in addition to the two you've already done. Those councillors were duly elected in a democratic election. And I think your action now is, is undemocratic. And you, you seem to be sort of carrying out a, something like a cultural revolution campaign of victimization against people who are in favor of independence. And there is a simple truth here that the more you talk about independence, the more supporters you gather, you <coughs> generate more independence. Mr. Lam, um, I, I don't think, Andy, Hong Kong is separate uh, from um, China or the mainland of China the way that some of the uh, separatists in Hong Kong um, want Hong Kong uh, to be. Hong Kong exists as a special administrative region under the one country, two systems. Hong Kong people were ruling Hong Kong with a high degree of autonomy uh, principle. And since 1990, uh, we have had the basic law. Um, if um, the separatism uh, that I um, mentioned in the conclusion ch chapter of my policy address uh, is that kind of separatism, meaning separate from the mainland China under the basic law, or in accordance with the basic law, uh, they're not worried. Um, I wasn't referring to that. Uh, secondly, on the question um, of delivering um, on um, democratization of Hong Kong, again, let me um, uh, say this. Um, the high degree of autonomy and um, uh, universal suffrage in Hong Kong, democracy in Hong Kong, is not any uh, other type of uh, democracy, uh, is not any way, any, any other method of electing chief executive in Hong Kong by universal suffrage, um, is not any high degree of autonomy, but all these should be in accordance with the basic law. Now, what is the possibility of Hong Kong uh, in the next five years anyway, of getting um, the central authorities and definitely the National People's Congress uh, to agree to amending this very important part uh, of the basic law to allow civic nomination instead of nomination, committee nomination before uh, universal suffrage uh, you, you keep coming, elect. that's the second time you've mentioned that yes. this morning, but not all of the Democratic camp were talking about civic nomination. Some were. There are plenty of others who were not no, talking that about was civic a, nomination. No, that was a uh, span under works. 
that was what stopped us. You're blaming civic nomination for everything. Yes. Um, Even although there are many members of the Democratic camp who talked about other proposals. In the end, 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 it was still that. Um, So you think if there's no proposal for civic nomination, things would be much easier? Suddenly, would it be then easy? It would be easier because because civic nomination is not in accordance with basic law. If the the Democratic camp renounced civic nomination, would it then be worth going back to uh, the political reform process? That that would remove uh, one obstacle. Um, and th- th- so now, you're really building civic nomination. Is it, this big roadblock as far as you're concerned? It is. A, it, it was. It will continue to be. All right, uh, Andy. Thank you very much indeed for your for your call. Um, Twenty nine minutes left. Uh, do get your calls in now, please. Rather than it always happens, we get a log jam at the last uh, few minutes. So if you want a full answer, uh, please call now. Two three three eight eight two six six is our number. If you want to talk to the chief executive about his policy address or about his uh, term in office as well, now that it's uh, it's coming to uh, close. Uh, Jeff is our next caller. Jeff, good morning to you. Good Hello? morning. Yep. Good morning, Chief Executive. Thank you for coming on the program and taking our questions. Jeff, good morning. As a, um, as a businessman and member of the traveling public, um, I, I look forward very keenly to the opening of the high-speed rail station and um, also would like to see the implementation of dual checkpoints within the, the Hong Kong um, section of, of the rail link. Um, is this an issue that can be solved within the remaining term of your administration? Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's a, it's a very important question. Um, the high-speed uh, rail um, that we are uh, building uh, will connect Hong Kong uh, to the very efficient and um, uh, developing uh, network of um, high-speed rail uh, on, the, on the mainland. Um, I believe you're you're referring to co-location inspection. Um, It's something that will start uh, as soon as we can. Actually, we've done a lot of uh, groundwork uh, so far. And co-location inspection is something that we haven't had on the Hong Kong side. Uh, We have had for um, um, more than 10 years now, I believe, um, co-location inspection on the mainland side. So now the boots on the boots on the other foot. And laws in Hong Kong are different. Um, it's it's uh, something new that we need to tackle you under one country. You sound quite cautious here that it, it, <coughs> it, co-location may not be ready when the railway starts. I mean that seems to be the tone of what you're saying. No, there. no, no. Uh, Jeff asked me a question whether I will finish it um, uh, in the next uh, six months. Um, the, <coughs> the the trains are scheduled to start running in about two in, in uh, about two years time. Do you think um, we'll have an agreement on co-location before then? We, we need to have necessary uh, legal preparations and also CIQ, custom immigration and quarantine preparations on the ground. So again, you're being very cautious. You really don't know. It may, it may prove impossible to implement. Well, there are, there are details that we need to work on. Uh, co-location inspection is important, is necessary to bring out the um, efficiency and the value uh, of this um, uh, express rail, rail line. All right. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Jeff, for, for your call. Uh, uh, number 233-88266. Mr. Yu is next. Mr. Yu, good morning to you. Okay, well... Uh, good morning. Yes. Good morning, Mr. Yu. Good morning. I am Mr. Yu. Uh, good morning, Mr. Yu. Hi. Hi, uh, I... I know you... you. You do not uh, identify uh, the next uh, chief as self-fit. 
And you know the uh, what candidate uh, will uh, extend your administration, or if the central call you your re-election, uh, do you will uh, bring this thing? Okay, I think Mr. Yu is asking about uh, the upcoming chief executive election <coughs> campaign. Um, are you going to? You, you, when you've been asked about your views on candidates, you said not. That's not a view. That's not something for today. Does that mean at some point later you're going to express an opinion, or are you going to remain neutral in the campaign? Well, uh, um, per- perhaps not as a, as a serving chief executive. Perhaps as one of one of the seven point three million people. Uh, in Hong Kong, I'm entitled to have a view. Uh, but will uh, but, you, but will when express I, the view when, publicly? Yes, uh, I know that's your question. Um, uh, when, when I see the manifesto, uh, and hopefully when I see uh, the debates, um, the questions and answers, uh, candidates being quizzed, um, I'll probably come up with a view. Um, but now is probably um, premature. You've, you've worked with Carrie Lam and John Jung. Who do you think would make a better chief executive? I, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I shouldn't comment on it. Um, uh, as I said... Um, what are the most they important have, qualities? They've, that they've, you, they've not come up with the, uh, the manifesto. I, I like to see. What the qualities manifesto. are you looking for? In a, I mean, you've done the job for five years. So you know what it's like. Hmm. What, what, what qualities do you think a chief executive should have when you make your when you make your choice? Um, what qualities are you looking for in a potential successor? Uh, policies are, are important. Um, uh, that, that's what I said. My um, um, the election manifesto uh, myself five, five years ago. Now, of course, you say you, you, you want to see the manifestos. You, ha- you haven't made up your mind yet. But you, you're aware most people in Hong Kong think you've made up your mind. You, you've lavished praise on Kerry Lam. Um, you haven't really said a po- single positive word about um, former Financial Secretary John Jung since he resigned. A lot of people think that's rather one-sided. Let, let's wait until we see the, uh, the election manifestos. Um, I think we now have um, uh, all the candidates, I, I, I believe, all the serious candidates uh, on the card. All four. And, of course, uh, some people, including um, Elsie Loan from the Basic Law Committee, have said four candidates is too many. Do you share that opinion? Um, We're now in a a rather interesting uh, uh, situation. It's not just a number of uh, uh, candidates. It's the fact that all the candidates are from uh, the so-called pro-establishment camp. Uh, Yes, I do believe that um, we should have competition. um, uh, It's four too many. Uh, we shouldn't have uh, sort of walkovers, but we haven't seen uh, any candidate uh, from the other side. Oh, you- now, if if um, if there's to be another candidate uh, from the other side making um, five or even uh, six, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I don't think it's a it, it helps the longer term development of Hong Kong's uh, election system um, to have where there's four or two candidates just from one side. You are, you're encouraging candidates from the pan-democratic camp to yes, come I, forward yes, and yes, join the election. You'd, yes, like, I, you'd like to see them yes, I, yes, I am. one or multiple candidates. I, I am, and I, and I encourage um, uh, candidates, one or more, um, uh, candidates from the um, um, other camp, let's say from the pan-democratic camp, uh, to um, run against uh, one or more candidates from the pro-establishment camp. It will give people, Hong Kong people, the real choice. And for so long as pro-democratic um, uh, candidates are prepared to uh, follow uh, the basic law um, and they're prepared to <clears throat> run according to the basic law and to be appointed by the central people's government according to the basic law, then Hong Kong will have real choice. 
but not real choice because they have no chance of winning under the current system. Why, why should we say that? Well, we know we know the number of supporters of the uh, pan-democratic camp on the election committee, uh, slightly over 300. Um, we know that it's almost impossible for pan-democratic camp to com- command a majority under the present system. M- many of the pro-establishment camp uh, election committee members say um, they will not vote for uh, pan-democratic uh, candidates because they feel that pan-democratic candidates are not prepared to follow the basic law. They are not prepared to accept the basic law, and they are not prepared to accept the appointment of the central people's government. That has to change. Um, and that was the design behind um, the, um, uh, the basic law political system uh, back in the 1980s. Now, okay, you, okay. We, we, we have got quite a few callers <laughs> we'd like to get to uh, as well. Uh, first of all, uh, Anna is on the line. <coughs> Anna, good morning. Morning. Hello, good morning. Uh, Chief Ex- good morning. Um, Chief Executive, two questions, please, raised to Lantau. Uh, we didn't hear too much about the East Lantau metropolis in your policy address. What's the latest on that, please? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the details for you. There's no mention of it. There, there's mention of, when you talk about Lantau development, there's no mention of the East Lantau metropolis. There's a picture, and it's on a map, but there's... I noticed there was no mention of it at all. Any well, I need to come back to you why, why it's not mentioned. Um, I don't think we've dropped it. Okay. Anna, yes, uh, another question? Also, quite, yeah, quite specifically on the Lantau question, you mentioned that the north of Lantau will be for development and roads and infrastructure, all well and good, and the south of Lantau will be for conservation and sport and recreation. Yes. Again, all well and good. Now, you mentioned uh, areas like Soi Hao and Poi O. Now, it's all very well that you would say this, but Puyo is already um, subject to fly tipping and uh, industrial waste being put on the pockets of, pub- of uh, privately owned land because most of the coastal land there is privately owned. So how are you going to come back when it's covered in containers and piles of builders rubble and say this is a nice conservation area? Well, land use enforcement. Um, um, but you don't. You're your departments. It's a coastal, protect- a coastal protection zone, but it seems to be toothless. Have, have no, you, no government department will do anything about this already. Have, have you reported it? There's a judicial review going on about I it see. at the moment. Yeah. Let, let me look into it. Um, if, you, if you could, leave uh, some details with um, the telephone receptionist. I'll, I'll look into it. Okay, Anna, thank you very okay. much indeed for your, for your call. Our number once again, 233 uh, Next we have on the line Benoit. Benoit, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Mr. Chief Executive, for answering our questions this morning. Uh, Benoit, good morning. A uh, very simple question on my side. Is there anything you regret doing or not doing during your term as a chief executive? Thank you. Um, on the private side of things, I, I regret the fact that I have not been traveling <laughs> as much. Um, and I have given up swimming uh, every night uh, since I moved to Government House. Um, You're looking forward to moving out of Government House? Yeah, in a way, yeah. It's not, um, re- it's not really home, right? It's, it's not really home. It's a residence. Uh, I never used the word, some, somehow subconsciously, I never used the word home when I talked to my family. You'd much rather be back in your own home on the peak. Um, yeah. Uh, a, a place I'm, that I'm much more used to. Government house, government house is much more like an office um, yeah. because I, uh, some of the times I, I use the office in the government house to, to see people. Uh, a lot of activities, yeah. and we have used the government house for, uh, for um, uh, community uh, functions, uh, charity functions. There's one for UNICEF uh, later to, uh, today. A lot of meetings with um, 
people round the clock and now, on weekends. Now, how about regrets politically and not just personally, right? Our caller was asking about that. Um, with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently over the f- past five years? There must be things, right? Well, too many, seriously. Um, or maybe name one or two. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, do you think perhaps you sometimes were too confrontational or is there something else you would point to? No, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think so, that when, when, when it comes to the question of... Uh, being too confrontational. I have, I have actually been quite, um, if I may say so, sort of self-restrained in responding to some of the things that, um, that have been sort of leveled at me. Uh, you said both, you've been restrained. Inside. Come July, you'll be a private individual. Mm. Do you think you'll be freer to respond then, Things that if you think you've been self-restrained so far? Um, I have been uh, self-restrained not um, since the time when I became chief executive. I've been... Um, doing politics um, since 1985 when I was a member of the Basic Law Consultative Committee and in 1988 when I was a Secretary General of the Basic Law Consultative Committee. Um, the, um, the level of things have, uh, has changed but the nature hasn't. Um, a couple of loose ends um, that are still kind of floating around. One is the question of external forces in, in Occupy Central. You <coughs> say that you had evidence of uh, significant uh, involvement of external forces, including foreign governments. You would reveal that at an appropriate time. Mm-hmm. You're running Go out ahead. of time. <laughs> no, I'm not going to reveal, reveal, uh, reveal it now. Um, I said what I said. Uh, and I, you uh, said you were going to reveal it, and, and, uh, you, and I stand you by haven't. No, at the, at the appropriate time. Doesn't uh, mean I, I doesn't by. mean when you're chief executive. Then let, let me say this: Hong Kong is a very complicated place. Uh, it's an open society. It's an international society. Um, there are things that are reported, and there are things that are not reported, and you should expect it. And the booksellers, you wrote a letter, or you said in June that you would write a letter to uh, Beijing uh, concerning the <coughs> treatment of those uh, mm-hmm. Hong Kong booksellers. What's the latest on that? Uh, we did it, and we are working with the Public Security uh, Ministry uh, of the central government uh, to have a, a much improved reporting system. When you look back at your five years, will this Causeway Bay booksellers incident will be one of the <coughs> more significant episodes? Do, do, do you think it was unhelpful? <coughs> do you think? Do you agree that it has damaged pub- public confidence in one country, two systems, whatever the precise details and the truth behind it, the perceptions of it? Yeah, it has. It has damaged yes. public yes. confidence in one country, yes. two systems. How seriously? Is it recoverable or is it... Um... Uh, I, think we've, uh, I think we've recovered. Um, and as I said, we, we need to sort of work on the, uh, the reporting system. Um, there are uh, different laws uh, in Hong Kong, different laws on the, on the, on the, on the mainland. Um, it wasn't a, um, a Hong Kong um, issue... Um, but it had an impact a, on public confidence in Hong Kong. You agree with that? Well, it, it has. Um, and I think we need, uh, as I said, which we're working on, uh, to improve um, the uh, reporting system on both sides. Okay. You're listening to a phone-in with the Chief Executive C.Y. Lung on his policy address and his last five years uh, in office. Uh, we've just got uh, 14 minutes left of the programme, so uh, do give us a call, 233-88266. If you've got a question you'd like to put <coughs> to uh, Mr. Lung, the number once again, 233-88266. Quite a few emails as well, but we are giving preference uh, to the telephone calls. So um, pick up the phone and uh, give us a call. We've got John on the line next. John, good morning to you. 
Uh, good morning. Chief Executive, I want to, as a foreigner and a foreign investor, want to thank you very much for your earlier discussion with respect to giving attention to the development as it relates to uh, the units that are needed, the 400-plus thousand units that are needed for the development of Hong Kong surrounding those issues on how you brought that out at the top of this conversation as a major focal point and and not so much dealing with the political issues as that will always be the case but understanding that you understand your role the importance of addressing those issues so i just want to congratulate you and compliment you for that and we all know that your role is a very serious role but I also might add as a foreign investor the things that attract us is the fact that there is a mainland that is involved with the Hong Kong as a special administrative zone which gives uh, the popularity as well as the opportunity for an investor to be attracted by the overall scene of things so that is, in my opinion, is a huge plus with the uh, one government, two system policy, whereby the global attraction with respect to trade and so on and so forth, the thing you hear constantly now is the big China thing. And to know that Hong Kong is a special administrator zone to such involvements to some degree, uh, it is a very big plus for Hong Kong. Okay. Although I know it's a very touchy situation, but I just want to thank you for that and just point that out <clears throat> that as foreign investors, we're very attracted by the relationship, and we know it's a very complicated scenario, but nevertheless, there are huge benefits. And I want to thank you again for addressing some of the most important issues, and that is the units that <clears throat> are needed over the next 10 years. Okay, Chief Executive. Uh, thank you very much, John. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, Hong Kong plays what, what I call a, an important super-connecting, uh, uh, super-connector uh, role. Super-connecting, um, I know, is a big thing to say. Uh, the rest of China and the rest of the world, um, uh, definitely in uh, economic activities. Um, we are doing everything we can. We offer the uh, combined advantages of one country um, and uh, two systems. Uh, let's, let's just um, ask you quickly about your future. Okay, because in the press conference on um, on Wednesday, you said you're willing to uh, do your, try your best to work for Hong Kongers in any posts, and you were asked about the possibility of standing for chief executive again. And <laughs> you're, as you're well aware, the basic law there's nothing in the basic law that prevents it. Okay, mm -hmm. so you didn't rule it out on Wednesday. I'll give you another chance now. Are there any? Are there no circumstances under which you would consider standing for chief executive again? No, uh, <laughs> I haven't considered. <clears throat> I haven't considered how I should spend my time uh, after. Uh, the 1st of July this year <clears throat> have no plan at all uh, no plan, you're not answering my question I said are there, are there no circumstances at all, would you rule out under any circumstances standing for Chief Executive again I, I have future? no plan at all um, but for you know what people, when people say no plan that tends to be seen as an evasive for, answer for 40 years now um, <clears throat> I've been in public service um, both um, on Hong Kong level and also on the um, country's uh, level um, and um, after the 1st of July this year, I'll probably um, be the same as uh, CY Leung, uh, meaning uh, helping uh, in whatever way I can, um, serving Hong Kong, serving. Uh, You're not going to do a Vladimir, Vladimir Putin, are you? You step, step down and come <laughs> back again. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not Mr. Putin, uh, but I, I just have no plan. And the, my, um, the, the one thing on my. Uh, uppermost on, uh, on, on my agenda for the next uh, five, five and a half months is to push as hard and as much as I could um, all the initiatives that I laid out in my policy address this year forward. 
Okay, uh, our number once again, 233-8826. It's just 10 minutes left if you want to get a call. A couple of, couple of emails. I'll, I'll just read these in the order <coughs> that they came in. Um, first of all, this is from Henry, uh, who says, I wish to extend my sincere appreciation for the dedication and hard work of you and your team through thick and thin and applaud your intention to continue to surf Hong Kong in different capacity. Uh, I think in future we should have a CY trail that includes Hung Fa Leng and Long Valley to honour your contribution like the Macahose <laughs> Trail or the Wilson Trail. Uh, Henry says, I I, my question, I agree to the need to consider the release of low-usage country parkland for housing and other purposes. Given consultation process, end-to-end uh, -end could take months. I am worried that the next CE may put different emphasis on different avenues of land acquisition with the possibility of this avenue fallen through or put into a lower priority. Do you see this as a possibility? How do you ensure that successive CEs continue to treat the housing issue as priority <coughs> number one? Uh, please speak out. Um, it is important for um, government, whether my government or future governments, uh, to uh, appreciate uh, where the support uh, and where the pushback are. Uh, sometimes the silent majority has been too large, too silent for too long, um, and um, we leave the, if you like, the decision-making process uh, to um, the not-so-silent uh, uh, minority. Um, so uh, please speak out, because uh, as I said, you know, there's a question of using sm a small part of the uh, country parks to solve our land shortage uh, problem or other uh, initiatives. Um, government should know whether their uh, proposition initiatives get the support of the majority of the people, so please speak out. Another comment uh, in an email on a question. This is from Tom, who says, Can you kindly ask Mr Lung a simple yes or no question? Is it appropriate for him, while in office as the CE of Hong Kong, to take payment of £5 million from UGL for being their advisor without <coughs> declaration to anyone in the government? All he has to say is yes or no. Refusal to answer or referring to some previous nonsensical statement just shows the man is unethical and devious. Mr Lung? Uh, sorry, what's the... What? Uh, a simple yes-no question. Is it appropriate uh, for you, while in office as the Chief Executive of Hong Kong, to take payment of £5 million from UGL for being their advisor without declaration to anyone in the government? Uh, I don't need to... Uh, sorry, that question wasn't framed uh, the way that the agreement was. The, the agreement was a non-compete and non-poach agreement. It wasn't a surface agreement. The ICAC investigation is not complete into this, and we'll, unless it's complete very quickly, we'll continue after you leave office. We shouldn't comment. We shouldn't comment, but we've mm. seen uh, one former chief executive prosecuted after they leave office. I mean, it's a totally different matter. Is that something that ever crosses your mind? I shouldn't comment. All right, one more comment. This is uh, in an email. Thank you from uh, Phil, uh, who says the <coughs> chief executive inherited a sinking ship. He took up a responsibility that had been floundering under Donald Jung. The housing policy was a disaster, with Donald Jung doing little or nothing to improve the housing issue. When CY took over and he advanced the housing policy and we are starting to see the impact of his work, he should be applauded for this. Additionally, nearly all welfare issues have improved during his tenure. As for those in the Legislative Council, it is clear the circus remains in town. The sooner these clowns start acting responsibly, 
properly and work for the people of Hong Kong, the better the administration can move forward. I would like to thank CY for all his work in often adverse circumstances and wish him and his family a happy Chinese New Year. There we are, a fan message from, uh, that's from Phil. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, a question from Mr. Tang, uh, who says, CY, I need to give you credit where credit is due. The two can milk formula limit, the halting of mainland parents uh, giving births in Hong Kong and your attempt to find more land for building housing are all commendable. Three thumbs up there. On education, you said in the policy address that an expert panel will be set up to engage some schools in a pilot scheme to prevent student suicides. That's a good start to dealing with this issue. Uh, very little has been touched on in other aspects of secondary education, though. What do you think can be done to enhance the effectiveness of secondary, edu- uh, secondary education without overloading the already overworked teachers? That comes from uh, Mr. Tang. Um, there's a lot that we could do um, with the education system or with um, our education policies uh, overall, um, too many. Uh, one of the things that um, I have concentrated on in, a couple of, um, in, in the last couple of years uh, is to uh, essentially uh, look after the teachers uh, because the morale, um, the um, general work conditions uh, of our teachers are essential to the quality of teaching in the classrooms. Um, <clears throat> so I um, protected the jobs of 1,000 teachers uh, in my last year's policy address. Um, not widely covered, but I think appreciated um, by the teachers and by the headmasters and headmistresses generally. And this year, uh, something new, um, we want to give sort of paid uh, work experiences, overseas work experiences, um, to teachers so that they could, uh, while being uh, paid their normal uh, salaries, uh, leave Hong Kong uh, and gain some work experience outside of Hong Kong. Uh, and this would be particularly important for language teachers, English language teachers, for example. While they may be very good with, with, uh, sort of written, with the written language, the spoken language um, may not be as good because of lack of practice. Okay, Mr. Um, Tang, I, I hope that that opens your question. We've got a little flood of callers. We'll see if we can squeeze in the last few minutes of the programme. Vicky, first of all. Vicky on the line. Vicky, good morning. Yes. Good morning, Chief, Chief Executive. Vicky, good morning. I'd like, I'd like to thank you for all you have done in these five years. Uh, it has not been easy for you, but um, I, I will, I'm one of those who agrees that you have done a lot, uh, in ter- not only in housing, in poverty alleviation uh, for the elderly, uh, I've said before on the program that um, history will be fairer to you. And uh, for myself, my benefit has been the clean air. Just look out of, uh, I can now look out of my window and see, uh, look to the islands, which I could not uh, many years ago. And I, rec- I, I listened to this program, and there were so many calls in the past for many of the administrations where we, there were so many complaints about the air and nothing was done. Nobody had the courage to come out and, and do what your your bureau, uh, the two very good uh, people who are leading it now, uh, who have uh, uh, cleaned up our air for us. That is uh, the biggest contribution you have made to my life. <coughs> and um, also uh, on the, on the, on the uh, subject of uh, using country parks, I feel that um, uh, people are, more, uh, are very important. Their housing needs are very important. I think that we have uh, ample country land uh, parks around for us to enjoy, uh, and we can give up some of the less um, uh, sensitive ones to 
for, for, for the many people <coughs> who are on the housing line. That's all I want to say. Okay, Vicky, very many thanks indeed for your, for your comment. Uh, Jay uh, is next. Jay, good morning to you. Good morning, and good morning, Chief Executive. Jay, good morning. Uh, I, I wanted to sub-echo many of the comments given by Vicky uh, to say that you have really tried, I think, to do many things and in some cases succeeded uh, after the first two administrations, which did very little. Uh, but I think the reason why, if you like, they say you are the most unpopular chief executive is because of the style of telling people what to expect rather than talking to them. That's number one. And I think this trend is being carried on by, by Carrie Lam. And time and again, consultations have been <clears throat> done improperly. Then the government has to backtrack. Uh, to me, as a man on the street, it seems simple enough to think out these things before you go into a consultation so that people feel consulted and they're not rather being told what they should do. And the other thing is that <clears throat> there is too much involvement of the administration with the pro-government, the pro-establishment organizations. Um, Carrie Lam attended the, the strategic uh, plans for DAB in Shenzhen, but I don't see anything similar happening okay. with the pro-democratic camp. All right, Jay, you're, I think you're going to get pretty much the last word. Thank you, thank you very much indeed for, for, for that. Uh, Mr. Lung, thank you very much indeed for, 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 for joining us today. I hope you've uh, enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank did you, much did you enjoy the last five years? Did you enjoy being chief executive? Very much so. Very much so. Actually, I, I enjoy every, every day uh, of my term, and um, there was no hesitation getting out of bed in the morning, getting up early, rushing into the office. And you're uh, going to miss this job, aren't you? My, you're going to miss. This, you're going to miss this job. Uh, I'll. That's I'll a yes. Very much. That's a maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much indeed. Coming up to the news now uh, at nine o'clock, and then our regular back chat program uh, after that. Thanks for listening.